last week for Easter, and uh, we had nearly, in two services last week, we, we were pushing 200 people in here. So we were thanking God for the, the wonderful attendance of all that. If you're here for the first time, we want to say welcome. You stop at the guest uh, center outside there or in the front lobby, you can get a free t-shirt. Those that are online, let's welcome our online group. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us today. This is going to be exciting. So we're, we're just continuing now back into Revelation. We're going to keep going. We've left off with seven years like we've never seen before. That's what we're studying about. And there's a lot of sevens in Revelation. Did you notice that? I mean, think about it. We talk about seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven years. And seven is God's number of completion. He's com- he completed creation in seven days. We talk about the day of rest because it wasn't that God was tired. He just was finished. He was done. It was completed, and he took that time. And so we were talking about Revelation. One of the biggest things that started us in this book is just because of everything going on with the pandemic. We got questions. Are these the end times? And da 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 So that's the title of the series. This is actually week 14, uh, the longest series I've ever preached. But we're going to finish and go clear to the end of the book, and then we'll jump back into whatever the Lord says. But... He has instructed us just to kind of go through. I hope you're getting a lot out of it. It's, we're just, we're not, I mean, we're into it, but we're not taking it so to the point where you're like, Phew. I, I try to do my best to not speak over your head and mine so I know what I'm doing, and you, you can go, I get that. So we're just trying to get some of the basics. So we're, we're talking about sevens, and we're talking about revelation, but the sevens that we've been talking about, it's just God completing the plan. Remember, God does everything for a purpose. You need to understand that. God doesn't do anything willy-nilly. He doesn't do anything just by chance. It is God doing what God does, and he does it because he has a purpose in it. So the very fact that you are breathing, you are sucking wind today, you are alive and on this side of the grass, you're here for a purpose. God has got you here because there's a plan for you. If there's a plan, there's a planner. And he's got you covered, and now it's our job just to walk in that plan. Find out what that is. When you start living what God wants you to do, you get excited. And that's what we want here at TLC. We want you to walk in with the God-given plan and purpose. So let's get back to our story. It's starting to get really crazy. And it's going to get even crazier. So this dragon we've been talking about, he raises up a beast. Now this isn't the beast from Walt Disney World. It's forbidden. It's not that beast. It's not like going to the West Wing. You can't go there. There's a rose there under glass. This is a little bit more detailed. So, um, we talked about, if you remember, uh, before Easter, we talked about, this is chapter 12, about the woman and the dragon and that whole scene. The vision, remember, is all symbolic. It's talking about real people and real events. And so, we're going to talk about some ongoing things that are happening now as far as what Revelation is. We're going to talk about a couple of additions. Both are beasts. In the Bible, beasts are often symbols reflecting cruelty or nastiness, empires or emperors. And they can do a whole roll of things. But the difference between the Bible and a history book is this. And let me just say, history is, you know, our history is full of dictators. If we study our history, let's just even, just Adolf Hitler. Just for one in the past. So, The difference between the Bible and the history book is the Bible described them before it takes place. I'm going to say that one more time. The Bible describes all of this stuff before it takes place. History book records it after it took place. Daniel's chapter 7 and 8 unlocks stories of these beasts who represent empires and emperors from long ago. 
And they kind of help us to understand a little about what we're talking about. So he wrote the vision in 600 BC, long before the emperors and empires existed. So these prophecies, Daniel, were accurate and they line up. Come on now, this is, this is important. It lines up with the word. Everything has to line up with the word. That's really important. If someone comes and tells you something, it needs to line up with the word. I was telling John, I was telling our dream team today, I mean, 180 Youth is just knocking it off the charts. I'm so proud of John and Sheila and Scott and Andy, and they're just, they're just doing an amazing job. 18 students here. Uh, it's just awesome. And the kids were having, they lined them up, they were playing, playing human foosball. Never seen it before. But it was fun to witness, and the kids were just laughing. I mean, I went around and introduced myself to some of the kids, and it was, just, it was really cool. Talked to one young man, and, and, you know, and basically he just, in, in a nutshell, just said, I'm, I'm just here. I don't, I don't believe in anything. And I think, I was telling John, I think that's, uh, and Pastor Kim, that's agnostic. If you don't believe in anything, correct? Atheism is you just don't believe in God. Ag- agnostic means you just don't believe in anything. But I said, you, you do believe. He goes, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. He goes, no, I don't. I said, you do believe in something. He goes, no, I don't. I said, you believe in your unbelief. And he looked at me real funny. He goes, what? I said, you believe in the doubt that you have that you don't believe in anything. And he just kind of turned his head and he goes, huh. Isn't that sometimes we get so messed up because the world is telling us one thing. But God says, this is what I say. You see, Abraham had to believe what God told him. At his age, he shouldn't be able to have children. And Sarah, let alone, shouldn't be able to have children. But they had to go with what God said. There's going to be people that say, you can't do that. You won't be successful. You're never going to be anything. You won't do anything past what your dad did. You'll be just like this. You need to say, what does God say? Everything must line up with the word. So Daniel, at the time they were written, they were future. So you got to understand when Daniel's writing stuff in 7 and 8 and all this, it hasn't happened yet. So to him, it's future. Now they've come and gone except one. And that's what we're waiting on now, Antichrist. In English, Antichrist means against Christ. And we can get that easy enough. That makes sense. I'm not for Christ. I'm anti-Christ. I'm against Christ, according to what that means. But in the Greek, it literally means, listen to this, in place of Christ. A substitute savior, if you will. Is there such a thing? First John explains that there are many that try to take Jesus' place. We all can think of people, whether it's people or things, idolatry, idol worship, worshiping something or something more than, than Jesus or God, maybe stuff. America's full of stuff. Sometimes we spend a lot of time stuffing it. Um. But anyway, he's talking about the Antichrist, the one who wants to take the place of the Savior in the whole world. And he's got many different names in the Bible. Man of sin, son of perdition, the lawless one, the beast, as we're talking about here in Revelation. Revelation 13.1, then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads, ten horns, ten crowns on its horns, and written on each head were names that blasphemed God. That's pretty creepy. Uh, So don't get confused. The Antichrist will be a man. And this is a vision, so you need to remember its symbolism. It shows his nature. 
It's not talking about his physical form. It's just talking about his nature right now. So horns represent the power or represent power in the Bible. So he's talking about horns. Uh, think of a ram's horn or, you know, something strong, sturdy power. Heads represent leaders because your head leads your body. You ever have anybody say, what were you thinking? Where was your head? My head was in the clouds. Okay. You know, whatever. Uh, crowns represent authority. So with this info, the Antichrist has power, leadership, authority. And he really, when he takes over, has plenty of it. Probably over several nations. Look at Revelation 13.2. The beast looked like a leopard, but he had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. Now, Daniel mentions this in his prophecies representing kingdoms. He, he, he mentions Greece, Middle Persian, and Babylon. He, you know, he begins to unfold some things. So the Antichrist will rule similar as in the past. The power of the Antichrist comes from the dragon. Now, the dragon is Satan, so he's powering the Antichrist. Remember when Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of the world? We've talked about that. How did he get those? Adam gave those up. So Satan comes to Jesus and says, you can have all of these if you, what, worship me. But apparently the Antichrist takes this offer. In verse 3, it even goes on. So the plot just continues to grow. One of the beasts has a fatal wound. Revelation 13, 3, I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. So it appears that this wound was fatal or, or very close to it, and this particular was raised from the dead or, or brought back, healed completely. But you need to read what we just said or, or listen to what we just said, what happens next. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. The people think he's great. They follow him. You might be sitting there this morning or watching online and say, you know, the world would not follow a wicked ruler. Really? That, that is pretty laughable. Really? But then we don't know our history too well. Now think of Huns and Caesars and, and Czars and Führers. All run through history and people sometimes just blindly. It's kind of like the blind leading the blind. Sometimes it's just they'll meet a need just so that they'll get people to follow them. But it runs through history, bad guys in charge. Revelation 13, 4 says they worship the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshiped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Now, this is the enemy's plan from the beginning. This is what Satan wanted. You need to understand he wants worship. That's what he's after. Why would he go to the king of kings and lord of lords and say, I'll give you all these kingdoms if you'll do what? Worship me. Worship is nothing but a sign. I mean, there's so much with it, but it is of submission to the great. They worship the beast as well. The world thinks he's awesome. Same chapter 13, 5 and 7. The beast, now I put these in highlight in my Bible, was allowed, was allowed, was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. And he was given, was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months 
And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling. That is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe, people, language, and nation. It's amazing to me that people could think that we would be here now without God. That God doesn't exist, or there is no such thing as God, or you are your own whatever you want to put in the blank. But my friend, it is God who gives life. This goes on and says he was allowed. There's a time frame given there. 42 months. You know how long 42 months is? Three and a half years. Three and a half years he's allowed to go against the saints and win for a time. 42 months. Now think about what we're talking about. We're talking about tribulation. We're talking about that seven years. We're talking about halfway of seven is 42 months, three and a half. so for 42 months god lets the bad guy win for a time the whole world follows unless i love this unless your name is written in the lamb's book of life just let that sink in for just a second unless your name is written in the lamb's book of life you, you know how you get your name there When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, you have just made allegiance to something, and it is not Satan, it's not the dragon, it's certainly not the Antichrist. It is allegiance to God Almighty. Revelation 13, 8 says, And all the people who belong to this world worshipped the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Could you imagine? I mean, if you did a roll call on God, you know, in the army, they'd say, you know, Reveille would be at whatever, oh, hundred hours or whatever that would be. Gleesman, here. Hanson, here. <laughs> Gibby. he goes "Um, here but anyway what if you know no matter where you are no matter where you are god is already there whether you recognize or that that or not is up to us when we accept christ our names are written in that book that book is defining of who then will follow and worship either the antichrist the beast Or Jesus Christ, the true Christ. And it says, the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. 13, 9, and 10 says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who's destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. I, nobody likes that verse. I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't like reading. I don't like even almost taking notes. So no matter how you slice this in this time frame, it's not real pretty. There's a lot of enduring, a lot of suffering. Because when it gets to this point, 
of what people said, we have nothing but time. Remember when we talked about time? We have nothing but time. But yet God is the author of time. It is so important that if you hear my voice, listen to my heart, that you accept Jesus Christ before this time gets there. Because this time is at great cost. I think it'd be so much more fun to go in the rapture, don't you? You get to fly. We were in the service. True story. True that. Weird story. And the pastor was preaching, and I was just in the congregation, you know, and I was just trying to take it all in. And he says, Jesus is coming. The Bible says he's coming in the twinkling of an eye. And he goes, I don't know how fast that is, but that's pretty fast. Some guy shoots his hand up in the back, and he stands up, and he goes, that's one-tenth of a second, pastor. I remember being in that service, and to this day, I, I was like, I don't know if that's really true. I mean, who's a, oh, there, look, see that? That's a tenth of a second. <laughs> Check it out. It is, it is so incredible, though, when the rapture takes place. It's going to be amazing because basically, as fast as you can blink, people will be gone. You know what we did for youth one time? I think I shared this with John and Sheila before. But we did this for youth one time. I was a youth pastor. Could you imagine the youth group that I was passing? It was a lot of fun. But this is what I did. I started telling them about Jesus. And I had some of the kids who were just like, that's what you're supposed to do. It's part of your J-O-B. You know? And so this is what we did. I got to their parents. I pulled all their parents in and I said, here's what we're going to do. They said, what? I said, we're going to come to your house at 2 in the morning. Say What? We're going to come to your house at 2 in the morning, and we're going to snatch your kids out of their beds, and we're going to take them to a location. And I told the parents what we were doing. That some of them were like, <laughs> they were like, I'm good with that. So we let, you know, we let the, the girl leaders, I let them go in and get the girls. We didn't have any guys going into the girl. We had the guys all went in and got the guys. The parents all knew. We busted in there and opened their doors, you know. Rooms are dark. Finding out kids sleep in all kinds of things. We wake them up. You know, I remember shaking a young man. He's like, oh, and I, I think he thinks he's dreaming. I'm like, get up. We told him, you have two minutes to get dressed. Two minutes. And they're like, what? And I'm like, they're looking at me like, don't hurt me. I'm like, it's PB. What are you doing in my bedroom? <laughs> I got two other guys with me. You, got, you can go like this. Or you can take clothes, but you got two minutes, and the, the time starts now. It's like cooking with Bobby Flay. Go. So the kid's like, what? So we get him up. I had teenage girls that would not talk to me for months because two minutes, I can't do my eyes and my hair. You are of the devil. I didn't care. I just said, put on a ball cap. You'll get over it. We took him. <laughs> this is true. We took him. The parents were laughing all the way. You know, we were taking and, and we loaded them in a bus. Mad. Some of them just, oh, just mad. We took them and we showed them a movie at the time. They were done in the 70s. They're all about the rapture. Now, they've redone those movies and stuff like that, but I forget what they're I, left behind. But no one knows. But it was something before that. It was in the 70s. You remember what they were called? Yeah, but whatever it is. I mean, it was definitely 70s. 
But, you know, like the lawnmower's running and some guy's mowing the yard and the next thing the lawnmower's just running and there's nobody there and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we took him, we showed him that movie. And then I gave him an altar call and then we fed him this amazing breakfast. We had all kinds, you know, biscuits, gravy, all kinds of stuff. And then we took him back home. Took a couple months for some of the girls to even say hi to me again, but (laughs) it's all right. You know, they just were mad because they, you know, I didn't like so-and-so to see me without my, it's all good. But we got, you know, kids found Jesus. The, the reason I'm telling you all this is because we don't know the hour. We don't know the minute. We don't know when that will happen. It could happen while I'm talking right now. But what I'm saying is it is much better to know the truth and go in the rapture than to go this other way. Because this other way is probably death. See how quiet that is? I'd rather keep my head and go. You know what I'm saying? Because this is just too good to be cut off. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm teasing. (laughs) But if you miss the rapture, your choice is to endure and to wait patiently. Revelation 13, 11, and 12, I saw another beast come out of the earth, and he had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast and required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. Now, the second beast seems to be like a religious leader, okay, a false prophet. And dictators often work this way. They'll, they'll work together with a spiritual leader and then see because they're going to try to draw everybody in. Everybody look at each other and say deception. There are stuff going on right now. Do not be deceived. You need to line everything up with the word of God. Some things seem very subtle, but there is deception that is running rampant right now. Just saying. Okay? Uh, so anyway, they, they put those together so they can dominate. Because they'll pull in what they need to pull in, or they'll try to fool enough people to just buy into whatever. If you add the dragon in the mix, turn up the blender, and you got an unholy trinity right there. So you put all those together, those two beasts, the dragon, antichrist, you get them all together, not good. The plot gets more thick as we go on. Revelation 13, 13 and 15 He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles, he now here it is again, he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast. He deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to the statue so that it could speak. And the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship must die. Just reading that, you're like, this has got to be, is this for real? This is the Bible, so this will happen. So we need to understand God is trying to tell us something. Now there's, he, he was then permitted and all of those things. We've talked about allegiance before, but you really don't know who you're really allegiant, allegiant, who you're, who you walk with. Until it gets tested. That's, you know, you know how those wrinkles come out of a a, a shirt? Heat. When you walk through fire, think about those three Hebrew boys. Didn't we put three in there? There's four. My, My mindset used to go, God, why didn't you just go, 
Every time they wanted to throw those guys in there, throw them, turn the fire hotter. Have <sighs> you ever tried to light a fire and the match keeps going out and you're like, Newman? <laughs> then that was just, ugh. But you know, but he didn't. Seven times hotter. Hmm, there's that number again. And they throw them in there. The Bible says they came out not any scorch, didn't even smell like smoke. And they see a fourth one walking in there. My friends, I'm here to tell you right now, it is important that you understand there's testing going on right now as I speak. There's testing going on right now as I speak. We as the body of Christ need to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. We need to boldly proclaim Jesus is the way. Because this world needs answers. It needs somebody to stand up and say, hey, hey, I won't do that. That's wrong. But they might embarrass me. Doesn't matter. My allegiance is to one higher. I got to, you know, we have all kinds of opportunities to witness, don't we? Pastor Kim and I, we do everything together. I mean, we've been together for 36 years married. I got that right this week, didn't I? Do what? Yes. Yeah. She's, she's correcting me nicely. In June, it'll be 36. I know it was this year, 36. Anyway. <laughs> we've, been, we've been re-landscaping the front of our house. We did it together. And through that whole process, we were like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. You know, I mean, it was fun. It was, it was fun together, but, I mean, the work was very hard. The benefits pay off, and so we look at it now and go, like, God, you're so good. So if you look at it and you go, that is awesome. Could you come and do our house? No. <laughs> Not doing it. I mean, we were like, thank you, Jesus. I said all that just to say this. Would God use people? You might think, Brett, I'm not significant. People don't know that. I mean, they know you're a pastor if they know you. You've been in town. You, live, you were born and raised here. You know what? Matters not. I mean, yeah, I guess that's but what it comes down to. When the heat is on, what's your allegiance? What are their allegiance? You know, I might be able to witness, but, you know, if it's not true, how many knows you can spot a fake as soon as you, you know what I'm saying? So it's got, you got to have proof in the pudding. But I went and I went and bought mulch. And I got bags I thought I counted right. I counted wrong. Go figure. 36. No, it was not 36. I, got, I thought I got 20, but I, I got 21. I paid for 20. I went home. I unloaded them, and I counted them four times. 21. And I had told the girl, because uh, where I bought it, you went in, you paid for it, then you just put it in your car. You didn't have to show anybody anything. You just took off. And I told her I didn't know if I could get 20 in the back of the car, if I couldn't, I would show her what I got, keep the receipt, I don't live that far, and I'll be back. If you don't see me, I got it all in there. She was just like, okay. <laughs> I'm probably like, thanks, you didn't have to tell me that, but all right. So I was able to get all of them in there. I went home, and I found out I took 21 bags. I counted it four times, 21. And I, so I went back to the store, and she said, you didn't get them all in? I said, no, ma'am. I said, I got them all in, and one more. She goes, what? I said, I took 21 bags by mistake. I owe you for one bag. She goes, this is verbatim. You're kidding. I looked at her, and I said, no. I said, I counted it like four times. 
I took 21 bags. I only paid you for 20. I wanted to come back and pay for the bag. This is what she said. Do you know how many people? Now, before I say this, this isn't to say, look at me. What I'm telling you is, Tess. She goes, do you know how many people would have not said anything and just been like, oh, well, I could have, next time I'll get 25. Because they don't, they don't check. And I, I looked at her and I said, I can't do that. She looked at me funny. I said, because I got to sleep at night because of God. She was just like, okay. And so she rang me up for one more bag of mulch, and I said, you know, have a good day. And then I thought I should have invited her to church, and I didn't. So that's my bad. But still, what I'm saying is, would you pass the test? When I left there, I knew I did what was right. I knew I had to go back. I knew I had to buy that bag. We have opportunities now to witness to people, not as much by just trying to push the Bible or the gospel, live it in a way that they see it. It's important that you understand there is deception and that Satan is good at it. He is the father of lies. To him, lying and deception is his medium. It's like art or paint is to a painter. No pun intended, Tom. We've got a painter over there. So. so he is good at deceiving. He's good at twisting. The false prophet orders a statue to be set up. Your Bible says, it might say an image, but it's meaning the same thing. They want to put an idol up. They want to put something in front of the people so they can see. Now think about what we've been, if you've been here on Thursday morning, we've been talking about imagination and how to use what God is putting, how he told Abraham, look up and see the stars, see the, the sand on the seashore. Picture this in your mind, that God would use your imagination for your faith to be activated. So Satan, he'll twist it, he'll deceive you, he'll try to give you another image, another picture, a substitute savior, if you will, to get you off the mark. He wants people to worship it like an idol. And then the false prophet gives the statue breath. So it comes to life and he can speak and he can kill. Anybody refuses to worship gets dealt with by this now living statue. What is happening? You know, these thoughts go in my mind with today's age and with the, today's technology. Brett, is, is this CGI, computer graphic image? Is this, did they, you know, is this just some kind of deception of whatever? Is it a hologram? Is it animatronics? I mean, I mean, is something just made to deceive? Or is this the real deal? I know it's not good, but I do know the enemy is nothing but deception. He's just bundled up bag of snot and lies. Yeah, yeah, that's a quote. That's good. Quote from PB, the devil is snot and lies. But here it comes, and I, this is what many of you have been thinking, okay, what about this? This is the greatest, probably the biggest source of the Christian conspiracy theory that we're about to, to start to talk about, the mark of the beast. Revelation 13, 16, and 18 says this, he required... Everyone, small and great, rich and poor. Now remember, this is after 42 months, after three and a half years. See, in the beginning, they're all deceived. He's wonderful. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He changes. Aren't you glad our God doesn't change? Come on. 
He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and enslaved, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Then the Bible goes on to say this, wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So everybody's forced to get a mark. Doesn't matter what statue, doesn't matter what position you hold, you must get a mark. Without it, you cannot buy or sell. We're not there, thank the Lord. And we, you know, if you're saved, you won't be there. You will be gone. You'll be in heaven. But if you're here and you don't accept Christ, there's going to be a point in time where you're going to say, how do I feed my family? There's going to be all kinds of, there'll be born-again believers during this time that found Jesus and they're trying to figure ways to smuggle food and, and there'll be all kinds of things that has to happen for them just to survive. I mean, it's just, it, it's not going to be good. What's the mark? There's all kinds of theories now. Most of them are probably bogus. I haven't said that word in a long time. Uh, that's almost like balls of snot, you know, bogus. It's just a, bogus. But most of them, you know, they're just, they're just people's theories. That's just what they are. But uh, it could be. Let me just give you some ideas. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that any, anybody knows. I don't want to be here to find out. I'd rather just be in believing I'll be up in heaven. So barcode. There's some theories about barcode, microchip implant, um, a tattoo of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just put that out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to make sure you're awake. Those online, love, okay, it's all good. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, the microchip isn't quite so far-fetched. They do chip dogs now. I mean, if they can chip animals, you know, there are some studies that they've tried to, you know, think about, could we put this and do this human-wise? I don't know all of the things. There are some, all, you know, some of those are blown out of proportion and they're mixed with lies and, um, you know, they're wanting ways that you can, you can be chipped or, or so you don't have to make any, you don't have to have any transaction of anything outside of whatever the chip is. You know, they do that now with your card, and there are people that won't have that card because they're concerned about the chip, but you know if you drive, you have all your information is on your license. Now you have to be compliant before too long. Things are moving. We need not be stupid. Now, I, you know, people, well, Brett, do you have a debit card? Yes, I do. But I'm, I'm well aware, you know, of what is going on. Um, You'll find a lot of things that are mixed with truth, and then there's a lot of lies, and there's all kinds of things that are going out and about. Some of them aren't founded very well, um, but that's how deception works. Deception goes off of truth and then twists and lies, and, and sometimes we Christians are guilty of it. We don't even know it. We all know that they're, you know, they're wanting to head to maybe a cashless society. There are places now... You, there are places in town that you can't even buy anything unless you have cash. And there are places that you can't even, uh, you can't use cash. You have to use a card. 
We were somewhere in an airport, and I remember just saying, hey, we'll just go ahead and pay cash. No, you had to have a credit card to, to rent a car or something like that. I said, well, I've got this. No, no, it must be. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. The last verse says it calls for wisdom and understanding. We need to let God lead us by his spirit. You need to understand, this is so vitally important. When you become born again, your spirit, your, your soul realm, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and then you have you know, your body, soul, and spirit, but your spirit connects to God. And that's how you start understanding the things of the kingdom because you're connected, and that's how God can show you something when you are born again. And you can, the Bible says to be led by peace. Who is the Prince of Peace? Jesus. So when we're connected to Jesus, we have that peace. Brad, I don't have faith. Yes, you do. If you have Christ, you have faith because God said he gave a measure to everybody. Now, you just got to start using this. You got to start activating that faith and start walking in it. Some of the things you don't understand, start trusting God. God, show me by your spirit. Put your hand to it. Put your mind to it. Put your body to it. God says he blesses the work of your hands. Put your heart in it. And we need to understand not everybody that's high in leadership is the Antichrist. I'm not saying that they're not, but I'm just saying... And not everybody with new tech gear, it is of the devil. So we got to be wise and understand. And every new piece of thing doesn't mean, oh, that's the mark of the beast. The last verse also gives us the number, 666. So if you're an Iron Maiden fan, you'll probably remember that. But it's also been used in a bunch of horror movies. We used to be on staff at a church, and its address was 999. I'm not going to say the road. 999. But I watched a Christian comedian video one time, and he went up to an address that said 999 and went and knocked on the door, and all the nines came loose and flipped around, and it was 666. I was like, ah! <laughs> Have you ever got something where somebody wants to give you something, and the, and the last, you know, the three numbers are six, and you're like, no, 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 I will give you a dollar, we will exchange something, but I am not taking that. I had a buddy whose phone number was blah, 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 six, six, six. I'm like, not happening on my watch, pal. And he's like, you're just superstitious, and you can, you can call me whatever you want, but I don't want to be anywhere near that number, if I don't, you know, if I got a say in it, that's just me. You, you do whatever you want. So what do we do, Brett? I'm going to tell you, we got to stay focused on the word. You that are watching by line, stay focused on the word of God. Don't let the world distract you. Don't watch the news so much that everything that you think you see and they say is all truth. I'm not saying there's no truth in there, but think about what I said about deception. They'll put something in there, they'll spin it. Six is the number of man. So three sixes should remind us this is not God, but this is of man. Now it may be just a code, it may be this, it may be that. 
But, you know, here's the thing. We are to be led by peace. And you might say, Brett, you're, 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 you're jumping way. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying I have every answer. And I'm not saying I'm right in everything. I'm not. But he is. So if I'm going to fault, I'd rather fault on at least what I think is. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to walk so close to the margin that I, you know, what if I go over one side? I think I want to see my line pretty clear and be like, I got it. You know, there's been so many times in my life that I've had to step up as the man of the house or the dad, whether it was just taking my son and pushing him behind me and saying, you just stay right here because I got this. The enemy's not shy about what he's doing. He is lying to the world right to their face. And remember, he's good at it. Everything weighs with the book. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be probably surprised. We might be surprised at who's there. We might be surprised at who's not. But we will know that everything that was in the book was true. It is God's heart that none should perish. That's what he says in Peter. He doesn't want any to perish. Now, here's all the details. Well, tell me this. I want this answer. You know what? I don't have all the answers. I've been saved since 1980. I'm learning something all the time. Some of what I thought was that believed this way, I found out, you know what? I might have been off a little bit. But as God led me down, I've, I, I discovered more treasure more jewels that explained oh like i never knew i didn't wow why didn't i see that before i don't know where you're at today but you don't have to have all the answers god will show you that you just have to trust him it takes a lot of pressure off you know my my children i have four beautiful children you want to know why they're beautiful? Just look at the lady. So they would come. They'd be not feeling well or they'd be hurt. And they would run to me. Daddy, would you pray for me? Yeah, Daddy will pray for you. Now, I'm going to say this and then we're going to close this service. You might say, well, well they would run to it. They would ask specifically for prayer. Now, here's the reason. Because now you need to understand. It's about people that follow Jesus. Because when daddy prayed, Jesus answered. Now that sounds like I'm bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you how the kingdom works. Because I didn't do it. I'm the cable. God did it. But they had seen it enough to know where to come. And they would ask mom, mommy, will you pray? Yes, we will pray. I, I can only tell you the fruit that we have to prove it. I can tell you that we lived and still live our life by faith. I can tell you that we gathered our kids around. And they were small. And we were living in a house that we, we dreamed about. We had just walked into this house. And I remember my parents and I 
praying in the driveway that we would be in in less than 30 days. And miraculously, they, they couldn't explain it, but everything went through and we were in in less than 30 days. And the Lord had showed me a vision of Pastor Kim praying or, or just thanking him in front of a fireplace. And that's on Christmas. And that's what happened. Boxes sitting all around, but there we were. But I remember things that were happening and, and it's not like, oh, Brett, you're on Easy Street. Really? No. I'm on God Street. Wherever I go, he goes with me. And that's the way that we live. So my kids, we, we, we had to have $500. I can't even remember what it was for. And the Lord had told me, I just knew that he told me, he said, gather your children. And we gathered them, and Kim and I, we were our best friends. Does that ever, you know, we're in ministry. It's like, that was it. I mean, I had to travel to go to my family. Gary, you know what that's like, being in Belize, you and Jill. So, so we gathered them all around, and we're saying, we're believing God for $500. And, you know, Zach was little. He was the drummer you saw today, and he was little, and Sam was even littler, and Maddie was even littler, and was Maddie there then? Yes, I think so. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, she was there. <laughs> Mallory was there, and so we, we gathered them around. And, but it, was, it wasn't abnormal. We gathered them around all the time. We gathered them around every night when they went to bed. We gathered them around the table every, every night when we had supper. We let them know who we were tied to. And so we said, we're believing God for $500. And I remember Sammy asking me, he goes, well, Daddy, how will we get $500? And I said, honey, I, I, don't, I don't know. But we have to have it, and we have to have it soon. So we're going to just believe God somehow for that to happen. And so they said, okay. And we prayed. You know, the one great thing about a child they don't have all the things that go in their brain that tell them why they shouldn't believe or why they, they don't have all that reasoning. They just believe. So I went. I can't remember the time, but it wasn't but a day or so after. I, I don't remember. It might have been the same day. I, I don't remember the time frame, but it was very short. I went to the door, opened the door, and there was an envelope taped to the door. Now, nobody knew about what, we had, what I'm telling you about. And it said on the envelope, to the man of God. I took down the envelope, walked in the house, tears just started flooding my eyes, $500 cash. Can I ask you what the tithe off of $500 would be? $50. What's left? What did we need? $450. I got that. I was just like, oh, my God, you're so good. I called all the kids. Now, this is important. We called all the kids in together, and I got that envelope and pulled it out. Their eyes were like kids on Christmas morning now. I'm like, look at this, guys. Because we prayed, because you agreed, and we prayed. Look what God did. Sam, how did all that money get there? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. In his mind, I think he's picturing like some angel. Sticking it to the... I don't know how it got... To this day, I have no idea who that... Who gave that money where it came from? Don't know. You know what? I know it came from God. I don't care. God used somebody or something. My point is this. You cannot deny God. You can try. But down in your knower, down inside, you know there's some truth there. There's something that's bigger than you.
Would you close your eyes and bow your heads, please?